Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 231 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the spicy space-clearing creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and All That Good Shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio. My neighbors are doing something very loud and strange, and they're like sudden noises, so forgive me if it gets a little noisy. (laughs) There's long periods of quiet, too, so hopefully I can record this during a long period of quiet. And for those of you who don't know, we are talking here in the month of May 2017 all about feng shui with a side, well, excuse me, feng shui with an emphasis on decluttering. It's more like decluttering with a side of feng shui. (laughs) And then on Patreon, it's been a side of detox. I've been talking about detoxing on Patreon because the two started coinciding for me. Man, I'm stumbling over my words already, and we're only a few seconds into this. Uh, But today we're going to talk about just straight up decluttering, largely the mindset of uh, maintenance. Maintenance. Decluttering maintenance. Um, I am very excited that so many of you have been writing in about how you have embarked on your own feng shui slash decluttering journeys this month. It's just fun to know that... I am not alone here, and that so many of us are doing this thing together. Good stories you all have, too. It's it's interesting, too, to read these stories because, and I'm not going to blow anybody's cover here because I don't have permission to do that, but um, there's been a theme of crying and uh, feeling maybe exposed or confused or just big shifts happen for people that I didn't know if I was, I was having those big shifts. I was crying. I was going through all this deep stuff. And to hear that you all are going through that too, and then that you get to that point of having these aha moments, and then you're excited, and then you're off and running, I feel so gratified in talking about this because I am not a feng shui expert. I am just on this decluttering journey myself and excited about it, so... It's thrilling to know that, okay, I'm not the only one here, <laughs> and, and that maybe I, I uh, inspired some of you to go for it that way, because it's really interesting how something that seems so basic, I guess, on the surface, cleaning your house, uh, can just completely, radically change everything. Uh, I also got a couple of questions sprinkled throughout that correspondence about maintenance, like, um, what do we do after we're done? (laughs) Which is amazing to me because I am so not done. Uh, Like, how are you done already? (laughs) How are you done so fast? You must just be like a tidy bunch innately. I am not. I was starting with a big, 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 big mess. So I don't know when or if I'm ever going to get to that point where I feel completely done. But also, I do feel ya on on the wondering about maintenance, because I have been thinking about that too. Uh, 
In fact, my whole reason for diving into this journey was to get to the point where I could simply maintain. That seemed like a fantasy to me, <laughs> but one that I wanted to achieve, like, oh, just to get rid of all these boxes and bags of stuff. For those of you who don't know, my entire house, basically, it was like I moved, but I didn't move. Um, because a long, long time ago, we got a bed bug infestation, and part of the protocol for handling that was we had to put all our things in black trash bags and boxes. I'm repeating myself for people who don't know this story, but I know most of you do. Um, but then I got to where I could not unpack because I was scared that they were going to come back because they did keep coming back and back and back. So we lived with our stuff in boxes and bags um, I thought neatly shoved like against walls and corners, but I just became blind to it after a while. So once I was like, I have to get to the bottom of all of this, I was really excited about this idea of like, and then I will just maintain, I will just maintain. And what's crazy about that is before that happened, I had just gone through uh, Marie Kondo's book, The, the Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, and I was feeling pretty good about how I got my space, but I really truly think that the universe had d deeper plans for me, that I had more work to do, and that I think this is a Saturn thing too, but I won't get into all of that too. I, I believe that Saturn or Kali, which I've come to see the, them as like sort of like male and female, uh, is counterpart the right Male and female expressions of the same energy. I, I hear people talk about working with Kali, and it's it's a real similar thing to me working with Saturn, and then come to find out in like Vedic astrology, uh, Saturn and Kali are seen as, as uh, being similar energies. So that made a lot of sense to me. But what Saturn does, in my opinion, and what Kali does is bring up your fears. <laughs> and when I say bring up your fears, I mean that literally. It shows you all your stuff so that you can confront it and move through the fear and move to a place of freedom. And uh, so I think I just had more things to confront and that I, I opened a door that I couldn't close. <laughs> the universe was like, uh-uh-uh, not so fast. We're going to go deeper with this shit. And it's going to be one hell of a journey. So, um, Yeah. That, I hope that brings you up to speed on where I'm at right now. That's why it's so extreme for me when I talk about this stuff. Uh, so, and you know, a funny thing happens to... Um, <clears throat> I've come to see how maintenance needs to happen when you're in the thick of it. While, while you're decluttering, too. You have to maintain. <laughs> um, uh, something happens when you get to a certain point in your decluttering journey and you realize like that there is no end in sight. Decluttering is not a one and done proposition. Once and done. Once and done? One and done. How in the hell do you say that? One and done. That's right. It should rhyme. <laughs> decluttering is not a one and done proposition. Even when you are smack dab in the middle of it, more stuff keeps coming in. More food, more trash, more mail, more cat puke in my case, more dust. It's just like, ah, all the stuff, it just keeps coming. It keeps coming. Um, and this is one of those points in which you really start to connect the physical space of your home to the reality of your life. Your home really shows you yourself and how you're living your life. I believe they are inextricably 
linked. And I do believe in this connection of the soul and the body and the home and how you can tap into the messages of your psyche and your soul by engaging with your home in this way or your body. Um, But I'm just talking about home here today. And I'm at the point um, in my decluttering journey where I feel like I've come a long, 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 long way. But then I look around and I see that I still have a long, long, long way to go. (laughs) I still have three major areas of boxes and junk that need to be sorted. And that is before I even dare peek in the garage. There's a lot of stuff in the garage still. Um, And, 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 and the stuff keeps coming. The stuff keeps coming. It's just so daily. Um, You know, mail is just a good example. I get a lot of mail because my son has special needs and he's involved in a lot of different um, programs and his health care and stuff. So we get a lot of paperwork and uh, that's one thing that comes to mind. But just being, you know, grocery shopping, all the things. Life is just so daily, right? So um, I really wanted to get to the bottom of this mess in this eight-week time frame that I set aside for myself so that I could then then just move into maintenance mode. But I only have a couple of weeks left <laughs> of that of that self-imposed time frame. And I'm now I'm like wondering if I'm gonna make the goal because life. Like this decluttering business is not my business. It's it's not how I make my living. And then I have all my usual responsibilities responsibilities to meet and of course I want to make time for my friends and family and 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 all these things life 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 um so it's funny I'm like running out of time on this eight week period that I I created for myself even though I spend many concentrated hours working on this project um life is just so daily life is just so daily I'm finding I'm, I'm having to surrender surrender I might make my eight week goal And I might not, but even if I don't, I'm still going to come in pretty close to it. And um, there's nobody standing over me (laughs) going like, oh my God, you said you were going to make it by eight weeks and now it's been 10. It's like, if it gets done in 10, that's okay too. That's genius. That's brilliant. That's freedom. I'm almost there. I I say this a lot. Uh, there's a Mary Inglebright poster from my childhood that I love. Um, and it just says, life is just so daily. Life is just so daily. And I think about that all the time. I say it all the time. Um, but something that can really start to weigh me down is the dailiness of life. There are times when I feel like I am moving from one mess to another or beyond decluttering, you know, one little crisis after another. A car breaks down. Your friend needs help. Somebody needs to drive to the airport. Uh, the refrigerator is broken. Somebody puked on the floor. That's a cat. It's always a cat. <laughs> but, uh, little things like that. Or just one responsibility after another. It is unrelenting, this life. And this life, my life, I understand is a privilege when you consider those who live in other parts of the world and have no clean running water. They have no electricity. Some of them have no food. Our first world problems do not amount to a hill of beans in that context. And yet we have our stresses too, because we're human. (laughs) Phyllis Diller, uh, 
I say this I say this quote sometimes and I forget to attribute it to you. So I made sure I looked up who said it. It was Phyllis Diller. She once said that cleaning your house while your kids are still growing up is like shoveling the walk before it start stops snowing. <laughs> and uh let me say that in a smoother way. Cleaning your house while your kids are still growing up is like shoveling the walk before it stops snowing. I get an instant picture in my head when I hear that. And life can feel like that too. It's not about having kids or even cleaning the house. Life is just like that. Uh, you know, you just get done paying last month's bills and a whole new batch arrives in the mail. Um, your laundry is like this. Food, grocery shopping, keeping gas and oil and water in your car. Your relationships need to be maintained as well. Your body, your health, your breath, you name it. And it's just all so daily. <laughs> and there's really no way around that. The trick is in making friends with it. Um, remember when I was talking not too long ago about... Rep- I would... I had this shift, and then I was really excited to share it with you, and I, I think there may have been crying involved in the sharing, but I was talking about replacing the phrase, I have to, I have to do this, blah, 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 with I get to, I get to do this, blah, 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 and what an awesome shift that created with it within me. I think because I'm a word nerd, like it's just a simple little tweak of the words from I have to to I get to and I'm off and running I can have a complete like spiritual shift around just a simple little tweak like that and I think that applies here just as much as it does anything when I'm talking about maintaining your home or just the life is just so daily dailiness of life (laughs) um You don't have to pay your bills. You get to pay your bills, which means you get to not be homeless. You get to have a refrigerator. You get to have lights in the bathroom. And hell, you may even get to have HBO, which I do. (laughs) And I do realize that hearing something like this when you're not in the mood to hear it, it can be annoying. And uh, many people consider stuff like this, you know, like the whole appreciation train To be extremely Pollyanna, but so what? So what? Uh, You know, appreciation and a daily attitude of gratitude can be the difference between living your life um, like a whiny, poor me martyr and someone who is actually enjoying themselves. And I think talking about appreciation and gratitude just as concepts alone, it can be a little too abstract. And it can seem Pollyanna, I guess. It can seem like just too fluffy and not really like hit you in the heart right when you need it. And so I think it really helps then to tap into a metaphor that works for you. Um, So like if you're into sports, There's a book I would recommend if you're into sports. I actually had to read it back in my method acting days. Um, It's called The Inner Game of Tennis. So if you're into sports, you might want to check out the book, The Inner Game of Tennis. Or hell, just go play some tennis (laughs) and let the game itself show you the necessity in staying present to each moment and meeting each ball as it comes. You know, that's a metaphor for life. And um, yoga or any kind of martial arts can teach you these things too. I am not sporty myself, um, but I can see how the benefits of getting into a sport can extend way beyond the physical that way. If you're a gamer, if you love video games, um, 
It might be helpful to tap into that idea of life itself as a game. A lot of people think that about business, you know, it makes it more fun for them and it becomes a challenge instead of something that's really intimidating or life and death, you know, people get so serious, especially about money and their businesses. Uh, So in that sense, if you're looking at life as a game or even just the daily maintenance of your home, (laughs) the unexpected becomes exciting, you know, and, uh, it becomes another chance. Every every loss becomes another chance to try again and get better. You know, every little plate that gets broken or every little, every, every time your kids keep putting their socks in the same place over and over again and pissing you off, like, it gives you another opportunity to think about it in a different way. So you can be like, okay, they're literally not going to stop putting their socks there. Okay, let's make a game of this. What if I actually put a laundry basket right there? And what if I stopped yelling at them about this? Like, and what if it works? I don't know. Give it a try. And then it works. And all of a sudden, everybody's life is that much better. Yay! You just won the game for that moment until the next thing. (laughs) I myself really like the metaphor of a bonsai tree. Um, When life starts to feel like that Phyllis Diller quote, like I'm trying to shovel the walk while we're talking about metaphors, I'm trying to shovel the walk before it stops snowing. I think of the bonsai tree. It's a good switch of metaphors, too, because one is like hard labor in the cold, cold snow, and then one is just like a peaceful, beautiful, tiny tree. I shared this in yesterday's newsletter about how... um, That was a weird newsletter, but I really loved it. (laughs) I loved it because I like... I'm nostalgic. I I got to travel back into the 80s to talk about the Karate Kid. It made me very happy. But um, anyway, I shared in that newsletter about how Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid teaches Danielson how to shape a bonsai tree by holding a vision in his mind and then... um, shaping the tree to match that vision. And I was actually using that as an example of um, how deliberate creation works, magic, the law of attraction. But I also want to extend that metaphor out now to include this discussion on the dailiness of life and the ongoing maintenance of decluttering. Um, Sculpting a bonsai tree, like decluttering, is not a one-and-done situation. It must be maintained You know, you you might shape the tree in one beautiful Mr. Miyagi Karate Kid moment, but then from then on out, you have to water and care for it like you would any kind of plant life, Um, which in the case of a bonsai tree also includes pruning it with these tiny little clippers to uh, help it keep its shape or to train it into new shapes. And it's a meditative, creative journey, keeping a bonsai tree. And something about that, metaphor, thinking about life as a bonsai, the bonsai tree of life, it, it really relaxes my resistance to this idea that life is just so daily. Life is just a bonsai tree. <laughs> it's just a metaphor, but metaphors have power. Um, the metaphor of shoveling the walk before it stops snowing is one that makes me feel tense, and it really brings, it brings me straight into the martyr Mode. I think a lot of moms know the martyr very well. <laughs> we have to be mindful of martyrdom um, because it's just a shitty place to be. It makes people around you unhappy. It makes you unhappy. Um, 
And I usually, something about scooping the litter box because I do it first thing in the morning and I have four cats. <laughs> that is quick to get me into that, like shoveling the snow and it's not done snowing kind of martyr moment. Um, but then when I think of the metaphor of the bonsai tree, something about that creates a shift for me. It's, it feels, that metaphor feels gentle and easy and lovely. So to me, I just, you have to pick what works for you. That's just what works for me. And, um, but it's definitely worth thinking about, like, maybe it's, maybe you're a word nerd. Maybe it's just going to be like a simple shift between I have to, to I get to. Maybe you need to think of, you know, keeping up with the dailiness of life as a video game. <laughs> I don't know, but find what works for you. And then I think too, we're just all different in terms of both our threshold for the dailiness of life. And then too, when it comes to maintaining house, people just, we grow up in different ways. We have different personalities and mentalities. And I'm a person just personally speaking, that has a very rich interior life, which means I like to spend a lot of undisturbed time alone to think and dream and read and write and contemplate and make things. I'm so happy being alone. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so I find it frustrating when life like pulls me out of that revelry or keeps me away from it for too long. Whereas a more extroverted person, someone like... Oh, say every other member in my family, <laughs> but me, um, they can be the exact opposite. They want to be out and about and in the sun and in the mix of things and moving things around and participating in events. So they find it boring when they're stuck at home for too long or kept out of the loop for too long. So it's all relative. And, and I mean that in both ways, because I'm thinking about my mom. My mom is a tiny firecracker ball of go doobie energy. She is always up to something with her church, with her church friends, with her church groups, with her missionary stuff, with parties she's throwing, usually to raise money for the church or, <laughs> or to, you know, house other missionaries that are coming through town. And, and her home is a reflection of that. It is in a constant state of flux and it's very tidy by necessity but also because she's always having people in and out she wants to keep it nice she's always decorating she's always moving the furniture around and she's getting rid of this and replacing it with that whereas I'm like no that's how I've had it for 14 years don't move it that's that's where it goes that's how I like it don't touch my pile of books that stack of papers is supposed to be like that it's not a mess it's organized chaos, and I like everything how it has always been. Don't move it. And <laughs> so I think if you start on your decluttering person and your person like my mom, you're going to be like, wait, this is fun. I already do this. It's just second nature to me. And then if you're a person like me, it's just going to be a huge challenge. So trying to change your ways after decades of working you know, in the groove of this is who I am, it might take more than eight weeks or even eight years. God help me. <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to acknowledge that too, because I know it's just not that deep for some people. It really just depends on where you're at in your life and what kind of person you are. And I think too, that when it comes to decluttering and how much of an impact it's going to have on your life, 
it depends on the current state of things, like what era of your life you're in the midst of. If you're coming off of like a really dark period of addiction or illness or grieving or trauma or depression or agoraphobia or something like that, it's going to be way more challenging than it would be for someone who's just in the flow of life and has been for a good long while. And then the upside of that, if you're one of those those people that it's going to be more challenging for, it's going to be conversely just as rewarding. It, it, it may even be completely radical. Deep decluttering can change your life, every area of your life, in a radical, profound, earth-shaking way. I know that now. And as exciting as it is, it's a little bit scary too, but it's totally worth Getting on that, getting on that journey and seeing where it takes you. Um, but then even a healthy, outgoing, bright, sunny extrovert like my mom, I'm using her as an example because she's a perfect example. If you knew her, you'd be like, yes. <laughs> uh, but even like a really outgoing, bright, sunny, extroverted person who's always on the move and their house is very tidy. Even a person like that will experience a clear shift and get an energetic boost from moving her stuff around, which is why she does it. It, You know, it's a way of life for her. She's always, um, you know, she does this almost like seasonally. She definitely like redecorates her house seasonally, but she moves her furniture around a lot or gets rid of things and replaces them. And she will talk about how good it feels, how, oh, it just feels so awesome. Um, she's always loved cleaning. She might complain about it like while she's doing it, but she loves it. (laughs) She loves it. She does it a lot. Um, but she'll talk about like, Ooh, how, how awesome it feels. And I think that's her way of just staying in the flow. And, um, I, I'm trying to get there myself. I, I, it's funny. Like you'll hear people say like, oh my God, I'm turning into my mother. That's one regard where I think I, I, I wouldn't mind cause, cause I can see it's, it's a very clear, clean, bright way of being in the world. Uh, uh where do I want to go with this? Where do I want to go with this? I think to just we change. Like I'm saying, like I used to be one way, very like, don't touch my stuff. <laughs> Everything has a place. Um, very cluttery to like, I just got to a point in my life where I kind of couldn't stand it anymore and I wanted to create a change. So you might be a certain kind of person for like two decades and then all of a sudden you start craving a different way of being. I think this happens when... This is not myself, but I'm just using this as an example. I think this happens when people who grow up without much financially, they grow up poor. Um, A lot of times those people like set out to conquer the world and acquire every material thing their heart desires. And then they do it only to find out that either there's an emptiness that they feel like, okay, I have all this crap. So now what? Or that their stuff starts owning them. They start feeling like their stuff is owning them. So it's that idea of like, more money, more problems. More stuff, more dust. More repairs. More upgrades. Um, I get a daily quote from Abraham Hicks in my inbox. Uh, I don't always open it, but sometimes I do. And I got one the other day that made me think of this month's theme. So I saved it so I could read it to you. What is it? Here it is. Okay, it goes like this. It's a little bit long, 
And Abraham Hicks talks like Abraham Hicks, so it's a little funny that way. (laughs) There will be someone who comes from a background of poverty who is influenced to strong wanting. And the rockets of desire will shoot, and then they will find... Should I describe rockets of desire? This is an Abraham Hicks thing. I'm just going to assume that you guys know Abraham Hicks. And if not, just bear with this paragraph. There will be someone who comes from a background of poverty who is influenced to strong wanting. And the rockets of desire will shoot, and then they will find a way to find vibrational harmony with their desire. They will get into this flow in which material things flow into their life at outrageous abundance. And they will feel brief moments of success as it comes until they are eventually buried by the cumbersomeness of it. And then the next rocket of desire that is born is, I am wanting a simpler life. Isn't that funny? (laughs) And really so perfect. We are co-creating our lives, which means we get to build them up and then take them apart and then build them up and tear them down again and uh, or build them up and then go in a different direction and then totally change our minds and go off over here and try something else. We can have the experience of build, build, building great wealth and abundance only to find that all we really want is a tiny cabin in the woods, a small patch of garden and a few close friends. And it's all good. It's all part of the journey. Um, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that the time that you spent build, build, building, and acquiring all this wealth and abundance, maybe to outrun your your um, impoverished childhood or something. It doesn't mean that time was wasted. It means that you got to have that experience, and you needed to have that experience in order to get to a place where you could appreciate just basic simple, clean living. (laughs) And I was like that. Not that I acquired a lot of material. I did acquire a lot of material, but not like flashy things. I acquired a lot of books and witchy knickknacks and art and things like that. That was like my version of of that story. Um, So I wasn't really thinking about diamonds and BMWs and fake eyelashes and having the latest purse. I was, I was into like art and knowledge and acquiring all these things, but I actually got to that point too, where I realized I had like enshrined myself in crap. (laughs) What I love about working with your home in a conscious way is that it can be much more revealing than like sitting around trying to analyze yourself can be. You can make headway much faster, in my opinion, when you really engage your house in a mindful way like that. Um, We can get so hung up on these complex introspections, you know, and journal, journal, journal for years and see therapists and coaches and astrologers and tarot readers and analyze ourselves with our friends when all we really have to do is open our eyes and see what's around us. Our homes are a really good way to do that. Just look at our homes. Look at your home with fresh eyes and there you will see exactly what's been going on and what, if anything, needs to be changed. Um, I heard someone say once that your space is a 3D diagram of what's going on inside of you. And I, I really like that. Your space is a 3D diagram of what's going on inside of you. The earlier episodes I did this month here on working with your home as a vision board 
and letting your home tell you its story room by room, I think it can really cut to the truth and save you a lot of time. And this includes maintenance. Uh, a really simple thing that I noticed once I got my kitchen and my dining room, and my bathroom, like some main living areas of our home clean is that there were still hot spots where junk piled up on a daily basis. And this is where maintenance comes in. So I had to make that choice. Like I was saying about the the socks. It's like, okay, fine. Everyone in the family wants to like throw their socks here for some mysterious reason. Instead of fighting it, I can just acknowledge that, that that's just like an organic, natural place for people to throw their socks, I guess. So I'm just going to put a basket there and be done with it. <laughs> I got like that. Um, there's like a space in my counter where, you know, once you're once you look at your home as you let your home tell you its story, you see your home as a vision board or a 3D diagram, however you want to look at it, you do that exercise, then you can use that to maintain. You can have an ongoing dialogue with your home every day and let your home tell you what is going on and what it needs. And in my opinion, you're asking your soul what it needs. You're asking your psyche what it needs. And it's this really beautiful dance between your home and yourself. And it starts to become like a supreme form of self-care. And uh, so if you're asking me about maintenance, I would say it's the exact same thing as the decluttering process. It's an ongoing process. And if you get into a relationship with your home, if you want to get very animistic about it and start thinking of your home having a soul or your home being a reflection of your soul, I think it enhances the experience of that. Um, when I was really doing that work and and looking at my home and getting telling the story of my home the overall message that I got was that there was a lot of stuck in limbo energy going on here it was a fear of letting letting the past go and moving into the future for fear that the past would repeat itself and I think that was most on face value expressed with the bed bugs. I was afraid if I unpacked the boxes, the bed bugs would come back, so I just didn't unpack the boxes. <laughs> um, the lie in that, and that was just representative of, I'm sure, deeper issues going on, but the lie is that in containing the past, like out where I could see it, I had the sensation of being able to control it. There was like a desire for safety and comfort and, and so I had the clutter locked in place so I could control it. The lie is that it was controlling me. It was diminishing my quality of life and it was allowing me, it was preventing me from being in the flow of life, you know, and that's where maintenance comes in too. Maintenance is about being in flow. Clutter really locks you in place and keeps you stagnant. Um, I'm not sure where I heard it because I have taken in a lot of advice about feng shui and decluttering lately, but something I picked up along the way that I think really helps when it comes to maintenance is this. Clutter is delayed decisions. Clutter is delayed decisions. I liked that sentence. It's just resistance to life. I know it is for me, and... Um, that's not always some deep thing. It can just be really, really practical, like not having systems in place to deal with the reality of the flow of life. I mean, it can be very, very deep, like you're resisting 
you know, letting love into your life or something like that. But it could also just be like you're resisting sorting your mail. (laughs) Um, So mail and laundry and dishes, they pile up. Paperwork gets lost. Bills get paid late. Thank God I don't live like that anymore, but I used to. And it was stressful. Which is funny because when you're living like that, when you're letting the the mail or laundry or dishes pile up because you don't want to deal with it in the moment, you think you're sparing yourself stress when you're really just delaying it and in effect creating more stress. (laughs) So (laughs) you got to get nerdy with it. Um, Be Pollyanna. You must live the cliches. They're cliches for a reason. Um, you know, cliches like everything must have its place and you always put the thing back where the thing goes after you're done using the thing. You know, the keys go on the key rack the second you walk through the door. That, that, why did it take me so long to learn that? It must have taken me like my, my entire 20s to figure out, hang a hook on the wall, hang up your keys when you walk through the door, period. Like, I don't know how many times I was late for something because I was running around digging digging through my junk looking for my keys. I lost my keys. How do you lose your keys in your own home? <laughs> Other cliches. Only handle your mail once. That's another one that took me a long time to get the, to get the hang of because the idea is that you only handle your mail once. You either file it throw it in the trash or pay the bill or write the return letter or whatever it is. Handle it once, maybe twice if it's something that, that you know, you need to sit down and take the time to write a letter or pay a bill. But at least you're throwing out the junk mail and filing away something and then you have a little maybe like tray on your kitchen counter for stuff that needs to be dealt with soon. Uh, other cliches, having a designated place for the dumping of purses and backpacks and, uh, shoes, socks, whatever, um, doing the dishes right after the meal every time without fail. Different systems work for different people, but once you have a structure in place that works that you're committed to, especially if you have a family, if you have like a bunch of kids getting everybody on board with the same system, it will carry you forward and it will create freedom because people just start doing it automatically it's a pain at first if you're trying to introduce a new system to like a family of five there's going to be a revolt they're going to hate your guts for a week but then it's all going to fall into place and you'll never have to think about it again because everybody just knows it just becomes second nature and it starts becoming like clockwork and it frees your mind and your and your home and your space for other things Um, which was a big lesson I learned in starting my business. I learned I had to have structures in place to have that sense of freedom. And again, then when I was working with Saturn, that was another big, I'm still working with Saturn because I love that energy. I've learned a lot. Um, anyway, if you're looking for a book that can help you with this idea of maintenance, just in regards to decluttering, if you're looking for something more practical and physical, Again, I have to recommend Marie Kondo's The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. It's popular for a reason. You can get it anywhere. You can get it at Target. You can get it at Costco. You can get it at any bookstore. Um, And it's kind of everywhere. But it's because it's a good book. She's got a great system of doing things. And it's all designed to get you to the point of clean and then just maintenance from that point forward. And she talks a lot about maintenance. Like she has systems for keeping your home tidy. And some of them are are very cool. 
Um, I know I spent the majority of this episode talking about mindset as opposed to practical systems, but again, I think different systems work for different people, and the trick is just to find one that works for you. If you need some help, get that book and see. Maybe you'll get some ideas from from Marie Kondo. Uh, And then to just remember to keep tweaking your life as it moves and changes, because you're going to keep changing. So uh, to have an ongoing relationship with your home I think is, is a great way to stay on top of that and to stay in the flow of life. And then that's where the fun of feng shui comes into play. Uh, I'm going to be posting a video about feng shui this Thursday, and it's just going to be a live stream, I think, because I have found that that's easier to do than pre-recording and editing and all of that. Um, but I'll talk more about then about the physical components of feng shui there, because it's fun, and I haven't talked a lot about that yet. Um I just wanted to address the art of maintenance here, the mindset of maintenance largely, and just how it largely it's just a way of looking at things. Um, it's an attitude. And while, yes, <laughs> life is just so daily, it's true, but it's also a gift. It's a gift. It's a flowy, ongoing gift. So, um Yeah, I'm going to end right there. I'm going to end with my Pollyanna attitude of gratitude. Life is a gift. Thank you so much for um, showing up here every Tuesday at noon. Uh, Much love to you. Peace.